Hi guys, how are you today? Welcome to Crocheting Through Medical History. I am Maria, here to not crochet and sort of talk about medical not history. <sighs> how are you today? Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. That was a few days ago. It's old news now. Alright, let's just get into it. I'm not going to crochet today because I don't want to. I've been crocheting a lot and my brain is kind of dead and uh I don't have any easy projects to work on so we're just gonna get into it I also so quick just like pod update I'm from here forward I'm going to try really really hard to gather interviews ahead of time um because interviews the researching takes some time but gathering interviews from people for interviews with real life sick people is what takes the longest because you know um i have to be kind to people and let them take you know a few weeks and not be like hey could you get this to me by tomorrow um because i'm really bad at that so what i'm doing is i'm asking people ahead of time before i research a topic so that then i can gauge what i post next and record next by what interviews i have so it's not the second week in a row where I'm reading an article because I'm working on an episode, but I don't have the interview done yet. So that's what we're doing today. We're reading an article, but next week and the weeks after that, I have hope in me and in the people that I have asked to answer some questions for me that we will all do great and that we will all work together and then we will do a full research episode with interview with a real life sick person. And it'll be really, really cool. We'll get there. I hope. Don't promise. I hope. Um, today, though, we're going to talk about, gosh, what's it called? Retrograde cricopharyngeus dysfunction or no burp syndrome. Um, shout out to my old coworker, Grace, who was like, you should do that thing where like people can't burp and then like literally the next day maybe not the next day but within the next week I like I think I met someone or like heard someone talking about this that they had it or knew someone who had it don't remember who that is don't remember when that was can't talk to them but we'll read some articles about it so that's for fun 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 time this coffee's really good guys not to like give free advertising, but this is Duncan's like blueberry cobbler. It's delicious. Anywho's. Alrighty, so first article is called This is What Happens When You Cannot Burp Ever, published in 2022 on uh, Columbia University Irving Medical Center's website. It sounds like a setup for a joke, but people who have no burp syndrome are miserable. In most people, a muscle in the throat relaxes briefly every time we swallow, allowing food and drink to flow into the esophagus. We don't feel it, it just happens. When we burp, the same muscle relaxes to let air out. The rest of the time, this muscle, the cricopharyngeus, is contracted. In people with no burp syndrome, the cricopharyngeus muscle never relaxes for burping. The condition's medical name is retrograde cricopharyngeus dysfunction, or RCPD. And it wasn't discovered until 2019. Jeez. That was like four years ago. Okay. 
Until recently, no burp syndrome sufferers who experienced syndrome-induced social anxiety on top of pain were mistakenly diagnosed with conditions like acid reflux, aka heartburn, irritable bowel syndrome, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Because of misdiagnosis, they never got relief because no treatment was successful. No burp syndrome is a whole new phenomenon, says laryngologist. Alright, no burp syndrome is a whole new phenomenon, says laryngologist Michael Pittman, MD, chief of the division of laryngology? At Columbia University, Vagulos College of Physicians and Surgeons. What's so cool is young people started talking about it on social media and helped each other realize what they all had so it could get all the relief. What? So they could get the relief they needed. Pittman now leads one of the primary treatment centers in the field. This is really chaotic. (laughs) Yesterday, I was really, really sleepy. Like, I thought I was, like, it felt like I, like, had the flu, but, like, not in any way other than just, I was so tired. And today, I just feel really alive. (laughs) So, uh, we burp to release gas that builds up in our stomachs during the digestion of food, when food is breaking down, or because we have swallowed air. No burp syndrome is easy to identify. Almost 100% of people who self-diagnose and make an appointment with Pitnam Pittman do indeed have the syndrome. It's so severe and the diagnosis is straightforward, says Pittman. Most no burp syndrome sufferers have all of these symptoms. One, never burping ever for as long as you can remember. Can't relate. Two, bloating. Three, gurgling sounds in the throat. And four, flatulence. These are lifelong and never-ending symptoms. People experiencing one night of discomfort because of something they ate do not have a syndrome. You cannot fix no burp syndrome with diet, exercise, or training yourself to burp. Following a consultation, a Botox injection to the cricopharyngeus muscle is all that's needed to produce maximum results. Botox shots to the throat are not experimental and not a new procedure. Quote, Botox is common for laryngeal disorders, says Pittman. It's just new for this syndrome, unquote. The Botox weakens the muscle so it relaxes and allows airs to escape airs and allows air to escape as happens for people without the syndrome for most people the fix is permanent only about 20 percent of patients need a second shot in the hundreds of people pitnam is treated only one patient needed a third and different treatment the injection is a simple quick and effective procedure that can be done in the office pitman and his crew are launching a study to look at whether patients do better after treatment in the office or in the operating room if you think you have no burp syndrome call to schedule an appointment 212-305-5289 uh, michael pitman md is the lawrence Savetsky professor of odor laryngology head and neck surgery and chief of the division of laryngology at columbia university vagalos college for physicians and surgeons Pittman is also director of Columbia Center for Voice and Swallowing. Okay, 2019. That is blowing my mind. I burp so much. I cannot imagine not burping. That sounds horrible. Second and final article. I've learned how long it takes me to read articles. Which explains why I don't read. Because it takes so long. Anyway, um, second and... Second and final article is called Inability to Burp or Belch in the Laryngopedia by Dr. Robert 
Bastian? Oh my gosh. See, I'm sorry if you have this disorder. Um, that wasn't meant to be rude. That just came out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now I really want to talk to someone about this. If you have this and want to talk to me, I would love to interview you. Inability to burp or belch occurs when the upper esophageal sphincter, cricopharyngeus muscle, cannot relax in order to release the bubble of air. The sphincter is a muscular valve that encircles the upper end of the esophagus just below the lower end of the throat passage. If looking from the front of a person's neck, it is just below the Adam's or Eve's apple, directly behind the cricoid cartilage. Like here? <coughs> Excuse me, don't press on it. I think it's like right there. Wait, where's an Adam's apple? I don't have one. Is it this or is it this? I think it's this. Okay, so it's like right here. Right there. Okay. Um, if you see on this model, look at the photos below. <gasps> okay. I'm gonna link this these articles and you should go look at these pictures. This one has a lot of pictures, which I realize is probably not great. Maybe I'll put them in. <gasps> That's a good idea. I'll try to put them in so you can see. If you care to see on a model, look at the photos below. That sphincter muscle relaxes for about a second every time we swallow saliva, food, or drink. All the rest of the time, it is contracted. Whenever a person belches, the same sphincter needs to let go for a split second in order for the excess air to escape upwards. In other words, just as it is necessary that the sphincter let go to admit food and drink downwards in the normal act swallowing. It is also necessary that the sphincter be able to let go to release air upwards for belching. The formal name for this disorder is retrograde cricopharyngeus, retrograde cricopharyngeus dysfunction, or RCPD. People who cannot release air upwards are miserable. They can feel the bubble sitting at the mid to low neck with nowhere to go, or they experience gurgling when the air comes up the esophagus only to find that the way of escape is blocked by a non-relaxing sphincter. It is as though the muscle of the esophagus continually turns and squeezes without success. That's crazy. Okay, so you have three pictures here. First is the cricopharyngeus muscle, one of three. The highlighted oval represents the location of the cricopharyngeus muscle. Second is the open cricopharyngeus muscle. Um, in which the cricopharyngeus muscle is in an open position. And third is when the cricopharyngeus muscle is in a contracted or closed position. The person so wants and needs to burp, but continues to experience this inability to burp. Sometimes this can even be painful. Such people often experience chest pressure or abdominal bloating and even abdo abdominal distension. Flatulence is also severe in most persons with RCPD. Other less universal symptoms are nausea after eating, painful hiccups, hypersalivation, or a feeling of difficulty breathing with exertion when full of air. Many persons with RCPD have undergone extensive testing and treatment trials without benefit. RCPD reduces quality of life and is often socially disruptive and anxiety-provoking. Common incorrect diagnoses are acid reflux and irritable bowel syndrome, and therefore treatments for those conditions do not relieve symptoms significantly. For people who match the syndrome of 1. Inability to belch, 2. Gurgling noises, 3. Chest or abdominal pressure and bloating, 4. Flatulence, here is the most efficient way forward. First, a consultation to determine whether or not the criteria for diagnosing RCPD are met. 
Next, a simple office-based video endoscopic swallow study, which incorporates a neurological examination of tongue, pharynx, throat, and larynx muscles, and often includes a mini esophagoscopy. This establishes that the sphincter works normally in a forward antegrade swallowing direction, but not in a reverse retrograde burping or regurgitating fashion. Does that mean they can't throw up? Some people with RCPD report an inability to vomit as well as burp. In other cases, some people say they can vomit only after violent retching. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Moving on. Along with the symptoms described above, this straightforward office consultation and swallowing evaluation establishes the diagnosis of retrograde cricopharyngeus dysfunction non-relaxation. The second step is to place Botox in the malfunctioning sphincter muscle. The desired effect of Botox in muscle is to weaken it for at least several months. The person thus has many weeks to verify that the problem is solved or at least minimized. The Botox injection could potentially be done in an office setting, but we recommend the first time at least placing it during a very brief general anesthetic in an outpatient operating room. That's because the first time it is important to answer the question definitively that the sphincter's inability to relax when presented with a bubble of air from below is the problem. Furthermore, based upon an experience with more than 890 patients as of August 2019, a single injection appears to train the patient how to burp. Approximately 80% of patients have maintained the ability to burp long after the effect of the Botox has dissipated, that is, long past six months from the time of injection. Patients treated for RCPD, as just described, should experience dramatic relief of their symptoms and, to repeat, our experience in treating more than 890 patients and counting suggests that this single Botox injection allows the system to reset and the person may never lose his or her ability to burp. Of course, if the problem returns, the individual could elect to pursue additional Botox treatments or might even elect to undergo endoscopic laser cricopharyngeus myo myotomy. To learn more about this condition, see Dr. Bastian's description of his experience with the first 51 of his much larger caseload. Okay, so at the very end of the article, there's a lot more pictures. Um, so I will put them up as I would describe them, but for a better experience, probably just go look at them on the article. Um, so the first one is a picture of the aortic shelf. Um, it's a view of the mid-esophagus in a young person, early 30s. The esophagus is kept open by the patient's unburped air. Note the aortic shelf at line A delineated by lined dots. So basically, there's air stuck in the throat, so it's held in an open, like, more circular position. Um, the second one is a bony spur that emerges due to the stretched esophagus. A moment later, additional air is pushed upward from the stomach to dilate the mid-esophagus even more. A bony spur in the spine is thrown into high relief by the stretched esophagus. So you can see a little bump coming down, and that is, that is part of the spine. Um... And then the third is stretched esophagus due to unburpable air. A view of the upper esophagus from just below the cricopharyngeus muscle sphincter shows what appears to be remarkable lateral dilation arrows caused over time by the patient's unburpable air. Dilation can only occur laterally due to confinement in the esophagus by trachea, anteriorly and spine posteriorly as marked. So 
um, in the second picture, it was starting to, the circle was starting to squish down more, and now it is, like, cool, horizontal, um, because the air has to go out, because there's a spine on one side and a trachea on the other side, so it has to go out instead. The second set of pictures is abdominal distension of RCPD. The first picture is an x-ray showing a gastric air bubble. This abdominal x-ray of an individual with RCPD shows a remarkably large gastric air bubble dotted line and also excessive air in transverse T and descending D colon. All of this extra air can cause abdominal distension that increases as the day progresses. Second is a picture of the bloated abdomen. Um, flatulence in the evening and even into the night returns the abdomen to normal, but the cycle repeats the next day. To ask patients the degree of abdominal distension, we use pregnancy as an analogy in both men and women. Not everyone describes this problem. Most, however, say that late in the day they appear to be at least three months pregnant. Some say six months or even full term. In a different patient with untreated RCPD, here is what her abdomen looked like late in every day. Her abdomen bulges due to all the air in her GI tract as shown in photo one. That's horrifying. That's a lot of air. Oh my gosh. And then the third picture is a non-bloated abdomen. The same patient a few weeks after Botox injection. She's now able to burp. Bloating and flatulence are remarkably diminished and her abdomen no longer balloons towards the end of every day. That would be so uncomfy. Oh my goodness. Ow. Next set is abdominal distension caused by RCPD again. This 60-something man has endured the misery of RCPD all his life. His symptoms of inability to burp, gurgling, bloating, flatulence, and more are dramatically relieved after botulinum toxin into his cricopharyngeus muscle upper esophageal sphincter. Here we see the before and after difference in his abdominal distension as well. The first is bloating and abdominal distension before Botox injection for inability to burp. Late day abdo abdominal distension caused by inability to burp. The discomfort of RCPD may cause hypersalivation and extra reflexive swallowing, which only adds to the air in his GI tract. He is athletic. The distension represents air in the stomach and intestines that could not be burped, not excess weight. Second picture is resolved one month after Botox with burping restored. Within the first month after botulinum toxin injection, he no longer feels bloated and his stomach does not distend at the end of the day. Body weight is the same in both photos. Wow, that's a lot of air. Next is a rare abdominal crisis due to RCPD inability to burp. This young man had an abdominal crisis related to RCPD. He has had lifelong symptoms of classic RCPD, inability to burp, gurgling, bloating, and flatulence. During a time of particular discomfort, he unfortunately took a remedy that was carbonated. Here you see a massive stomach air bubble. A lot of his intestines are filled with air and pressed up to his right, left of photo at arrow. The internal pressure within his abdomen also shut off his ability to pass gas. First picture is x-ray of abdominal bloating. Note arrow pointing to lack of gas in the descending colon and rectum. NG decompression of his stomach allowed him to resume passing gas, returning him to his baseline daily misery of RCPD. Um, and then there's also just the original x-ray with no markings, and you can just see, gosh, how big his stomach is. Owie. Next is can't burp progression of bloating and abdominal distension, a daily cycle for many with RCPD. This young woman has classified RCPD symptoms, the can't burp syndrome. 
early in the day, her symptoms are least and abdomen at baseline because she has deflated via flatulence through the night. In this series, you can see the difference in her abdominal distension between early and late in the day. The x-ray images show the remarkable amount of air retained that explains her bloating and distension. Her progression is quite typical. Some with RCPD distend even more than, than here, especially after eating a large meal or consuming anything carbonated. Well, this one has a lot of pictures. So first is side view of a bloated abdomen. Early in the day, side view of the abdomen shows mild distension. The patient's discomfort is minimal at this time of day as compared with later. Next is just a front view. Also early in the day, a front view showing again mild distension. Third is greater distension. Late in the same day, another side view to compare with photo one. Accumulation of air in the stomach and intestines is distending the abdominal wall. Fourth is front view of bloating stomach. Also late in the day, the front view to compare with photo two, showing considerably more distension. The patient is quite uncomfortable, bloated, and feels ready to pop. Flatulence becomes more intense this time of day and will continue through the night. Fifth is x-ray of trapped air. Anteroposterior x-ray of the chest shows a very large stomach air bubble at the star and the descending colon is filled with air. Arrow. Side view, um, number six, a lateral view chest x-ray shows again the large amount of excess air in the stomach and intestines that the patient must rid herself of via flatulence typically including it through the night in order to begin the cycle again the next day. Um, shortness of breath caused by no burp or CPD. Persons who can't burp and have full-blown RCPD syndrome often say that when the bloating and distension are particularly bad, and especially when they have a sense of chest pressure, they also have a feeling of shortness of breath. They'll say, for example, I'm a singer, a runner, or cyclist, or blank, but my ability is so diminished by RCPD. If I'm competing or performing, I can't eat or drink for six hours beforehand. Some, some even say they can't complete a yawn when symptoms are particularly bad. The x-rays below explain how inability to burp can cause shortness of breath. First is x-ray of trapped air. Again, um, I think it's the same picture as before. This anterior, anteroposterior anteroposterior x-ray you can see there's so much air in the abdomen that the diaphragm especially on the left right of x-ray is filled up effectively diminishing the size of the chest cavity and with it the size of breath a person can take and second is a side view the lateral view again shows the line of the thin diaphragmatic muscle above the enormous amount of air in the stomach there we go again i'm so sorry the diaphragm inserts on itself so when it contracts it flattens that action sucks air into the lungs and simultaneously pushes abdominal content downward. But how can the diaphragm press down all the extra air? It can't fully, and the inspiratory volume is thereby diminished. The person says, I can't get a deep breath. More interesting esophageal findings with RCPD. First is stretched esophagus. Um, using a 3.7 millimeter ENT scope with no insufflated air, note the marked dilation of the esophagus by swallowed air, the patient unable to belch. T is trachea, A is aortic shelf, and S is spine. Next is the tracheal wall. The posterior wall of the trachea T is better seen here from a little higher in the esophagus, A aorta. Next is overdilation. This photo is rotated clockwise at a moment when air from below is pushed upward so as to transiently overdilate the esophagus. 
Note that the esophagus is almost stretching around the left side of the trachea in the direction of the arrow. Next is bronchus, now deep in the esophagus with it inflated throughout the entire examination by the patient's own air. It even appears that the left main stem bronchus is made visible by esophageal dilation stretching around it. Next is the dramatic lateral dilation of the upper esophagus. Um, first is remarkable lateral dilation. This photo is at the level of estimated C6 of the spine at S. This person has known cervical arthritis, accounting for the prominence. Opposite the spine is the trachea T. Note the remarkable lateral dilation arrows in this picture obtained with no insufflated air using a 3.6mm ENFVQ scope. It is the patient's own air keeping their esophagus open for viewing. Next is dilated upper esophagus. At a moment when air from below further dilates the upper esophagus, the tracheal outline is particularly well seen. T opposite the spine, S. The width of the trachea indicated further emphasizes the degree of lateral dilation, which is necessary because spine and trachea resist anteroposterior dilation. Third is the aortic shelf. Just for interest, at mid-esophagus, the familiar aortic shelf is seen. Again, this esophagus is being viewed with a 3.6 millimeter scope with only the uh, patient's own unburped air allowing this view. Um, next is what the esophagus can look like below a burp. Baseline is the first picture, mid-esophagus of a person with RCPD who is now burping well after Botox injection into the cricopharyngeus muscle many months earlier. The esophagus remains somewhat open, likely due to esophageal stretching from the years of being unable to burp and also a coming burp, pre-burp. A split second before a successful burp, the esophagus dilates abruptly from baseline, which is photo one. As the excess air briefly enlarges the esophagus, an audible burp occurs at this point. Three is post-burp. The burp having just happened, the esophagus collapses into partially closed as the air that was inflating it has been released. Um, the very last picture is uh, where have we helped people burp? So it's a graph of both United States and then the whole globe. They helped a lot of people in Illinois, so I'm assuming that they are Illinois-based. They've helped 250 plus people in Illinois. I'm in Iowa, and I think they have helped 21 to 30 people. These colors kind of all look the same, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think they've helped 20 to 30, 21 to 30 people. And I simply could not read <laughs> the global one, but I will put it in the video, and you can try to read it. Um, looks like Canada, America, is in the United States, Mexico, Nicaragua, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago. Peru, Uruguay, Iceland, Scotland, England, Sweden, Denmark, Italy, Turkey, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Nepal, Taiwan, Malaysia, Australia, and New Zealand. Okay, that's kind of fun. I wonder what, like, in, like, Africa, there's, like, Zimbabwe and Kenya. Why those two? What happened? Middle of Asia, Nepal. Why? I'm too fascinated by this. Gotta go. Um, thank you for joining me today. That was longer and more chaotic than I intended. Um, so I appreciate you being here. If you were listening to this, the end part was probably pretty boring. If you're still here even, you can go watch on YouTube. My channel is Maria Hegerman. Um, I will also, again, link 
those articles in the show notes so you can just go look at it yourself if you are interested. I think you showed those pictures are pretty cool, especially the last one showing like what a normal like burped full <laughs> esophagus looks like. That is so crazy to me. You should definitely go look. Again, if you have RCPD, hit me up. I would love to talk to you and share um, your experience with our dear listeners here. If you have any topics that you would love to hear about, let me know. Comment or message me on Instagram at MariaMakesMakes. I would love to hear from you. Or if you have a different condition that you would be willing to talk to me about, let me know that as well. I would love to talk to you and share your experience. I think that's it. I've been crocheting a lot, but nothing to share yet. Hopefully this week I will finish at least one project and I'll be able to share it. Um, so go follow me on Instagram at MarieMakesMakes to keep an eye out for that. As always, like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends, follow, rate me, review, whatever. Um, but thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you next week. Bye!